Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, where it's your opportunity to ask your questions to or put your questions to an expert, I should say. And uh, our expert today is registered nurse and certified sleep consultant, Hannah Myers. Hello, Hannah. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good. Really good. I felt like a little old lady then. I'm like, squeezing at you. Uh, those of you who are listening on Facebook, uh, on our podcast, of course, couldn't see me squinting at the screen. But if you have <laughs> questions, you can email them to us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. If you are online now watching us live, you can pop your questions below the video on Facebook. We also have a helpline group. If you'd like to join it, you can put your questions there as well. But let us get stuck into things, Hannah. Our mm -hmm. first question comes from Mary. She says, my little boy just turned three and all of a sudden his excellent sleep and bedtime routine has gone out the window. He used to go to bed. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. He used um, to go to bed fine at 7 p.m. with a story and snuggle first. But this has started to blow out to 8 p.m 9 p.m even 10 p.m some nights he will just not stay in his bed he'll wait for us to settle him down and then 20 minutes later he pops up in the lounge room we quietly take him back to bed and try to resettle him with another cuddle and he seems fine but then 20 minutes later there he is again <laughs> this can happen multiple times a night until my husband and I begin to get angry and sometimes shouty his daytime naps have also trickled down to only 45 minutes they used to be two hours and they're also only two or three days per week now rather than daily I figured this would mean he'd be even more tired by bedtime but this doesn't seem to be the case I'm pregnant with number two during April so I'm desperate to get this sorted out before the baby comes do you have any advice for me Yes, definitely. That's very exhausting, especially pregnant. Um, so first thing is definitely drop the nap every day. I know that's really, that's really hard to hear and it's the worst news, but you really do have to, even having it a few days a week can be enough to sort of set in wheels of motion, those bedtime refusals. Um, so definitely ditch that, unfortunately. Um, and while you're sort of establishing that for the first week or so, you'll have to, you know, avoid the car late in the morning and, you know, be careful he doesn't sort of, um, fall asleep during rest time. So you're just doing everything to avoid a nap and um, you'll be doing a 6.30 bedtime, I would recommend. So especially because we've just dropped naps, going to bed at seven o'clock's just a little bit late. We might be sort of entering overtired territory there. So 6.30 and what you're doing sounds really good. Just popping him back in every time he comes out, you're just reinforcing that it's bedtime, um, in, out, in, out, no engagement, nice and calm. You just pop him back in. He'll probably get up and follow you, which is what he's doing. That's okay. You just do it again sometimes these three-year-olds can be returned to their bed like a hundred times so you know <laughs> Let's um, it's exhausting but it'll be even more exhausting with a newborn so get on top of it um, and the other thing you can do with this age is you don't have to close the door and have them you know locked off from the house or anything but a baby gate is just the best invention ever for toddlers it's also from my safety point of view we don't really want three-year-olds wandering the house in the middle of the night if everybody else is asleep um, so baby gate, he'll come to the gate, be really upset at bedtime. Same thing. You're just returning him over and over again every time he hops up and comes to the gate. 
Excellent. Well, that's some good advice and uh, good luck with that, Mary. Hopefully that's sorted out before April. That's quite close. Uh, Jessie on our Facebook Live says, Hi, my daughter is three in April and she's still doing poos in nappies. She's mm -hmm. toilet trained to do wees in a toilet with no problems. And she also wears nappies at night, which I'm worried. I'm not worried about because I've heard that will come naturally. But I'm worried she'll still have to wear a nappy when she goes to kindergarten. What can I do to make the process easier for her? Thank you. Yeah. I just missed the start. Was she still doing a poo in a nappy? Yes. Yep. Yep. So the best thing to do, I've just been through this myself, so it's very raw. Um, the best thing to do is to go cold turkey. So get rid of the nappy, um, have lots of undies and, and changes of clothes and stuff um, on hand and just get really excited about it. Be like, oh my gosh, today's the day that you're not going to wear a nappy anymore. It's going to be really great. Um, you know, I know you can do wheeze because you're such a big girl, but now we're going to do poos in the toilet as well. And you'll have a few days of accidents. Like it's inevitable. Um, just be prepared and a reward system. Like we got, um, we went and bought a little packet of chocolate bullets um, and they look like little, my kids think they look like poos, which they kind of do. <laughs> so we call them poo chocolates now. And every time he did his um, little poo in the toilet, it was poo chocolate time. It was just, I know, it, was, it worked really well. So, and again, we had accidents heaps, but they realised really quickly that you don't really want to sit in your poo. So they're clever, you know, and it's just mm. going through it to get through it, if that makes sense. Um, there's no magic trick, it's just experimenting. And sometimes you have to kind of um, just have a look. If, if you've done it for a good few days to a week and you're not getting anywhere, then pause for a week. Um, we, we did that. I just found that no matter what, he just wasn't quite getting the toilet training with poo. So um, we just had a break, back in nappies, let it all just roll, no anxiety around it, no discussion. If you need a poo, just change it as normal. And then we tried again a week later and that was like the little break he needed to be like, oh, okay. And it all just sort of clicked. So lots of patience and rewards and poo lollies. Oh my God, I'm not going to forget that poo lolly. Children are yeah. hilarious, right? Because oh. adults, you just don't want any association. No, but, but it's like, actually really clever because I was like, they do, it does look like poo. So <laughs> I was like, that's really clever, guys. Cool. And you know what? It works. And as long as it works, that's what we exactly. want. That uh, was this, my theory. <laughs> this question comes from Serena. She says, my five-month-old son has never slept well during the day. He'll only get through one sleep cycle, 40 minutes or so, and then wake mm -hmm. up. I've always had trouble resettling him from those these cat naps, but recently the problem has escalated. He wakes up extremely distressed, crying and shrieking until I pick him up, and often for a while after that too. I've started a really consistent pre-nap routine, and I'm working hard to put him down awake for the initial put-down. I've had some success with this, but it doesn't seem to affect how he wakes up. I know he's still tired because he'll drift off to sleep in my arms reasonably quickly, but I can't put him down again or he wakes is it's like he's just never gets into a good deep sleep do you have yeah. any suggestions is it possible to link sleep cycles together uh and then she's a lot of questions so let's just hear your advice because i'm sure that will cover off those questions you have yeah so catnapping is probably the biggest sleep issue that that I see, um, even more so than people concerned about overnight wakes, I'd say catnaps are the worst. They're so exhausting. You've got no time to get anything done. So it's it's a very common concern. Um, it can be quite a few things though. It can be routine. So is baby awake for long enough um, or are they awake for too long and they're overtired? So for a five month old routine wise, you'd be wanting to do three naps a day, um, 
I aim for two shorter ones, a short one in the morning, short one in the afternoon, and then you've got this really nice long lunch nap that's, you know, linking the cycles. So um, something around a routine, like around nine o'clock for one sleep cycle is fine. Big nap at, say, midday for two, two and a half hours would be perfect. And then a little nap at 4.30 till about five with a 6.30 bedtime. So that's sort of, that's the routine to get on top of catnapping. Um, once you've got that down pat, it can also be a bit of a habit, which it sounds like it is with this baby as well. If they've constantly catnapped and never learned how to get out of there, their body clock is just attuned to do that. So um, the way to do that's just with a bit of gentle sleep training. So self-settling, it sounds like you're already working on, which is fabulous because how a baby falls asleep is how they want to need to stay asleep. So if we're not putting a baby down, awake if we're sort of tricking them to go to sleep essentially in, in our arms or on the boob or whatever we're doing rocking um and then we get them to sleep and pop them down they go into this very naturally light sleep phase at 45 minutes instead of just rolling back over and going on to have a longer sleep they go hang on what's happening here she was just here and wake up completely so that's where the habit comes into it so what you'll find will happen, you'll get yourself settling sorted. That'll happen at the start of the nap. So work on that really hard. And then you'll see the resettles will start to follow when bub knows how to be in their cot on their own, basically. Um, and as I said, the way to sort of um, encourage that is just some gentle sleep training. And we know there's a thousand different ways to do that. You pick what's best for your parenting style. Um, and you just keep bub in that cot, continue your resettling until sort of, you know, ideally you want the nap to be 12 till 2.30. So if we got him down at 12 and then he woke at say one or quarter to one, you'd be in there doing a really nice stint of resettling until the end of that nap time, until he just, his body clock will one day just sort of click and get there. But it's all about reinforcing that that's still sleep time in the nice dark room, in the cot, and they'll get there eventually. <laughs> I love how, I love that phrase, a really nice resettling time because you're always, yeah. <laughs> you're always like, come on oh yeah that was yeah that's probably not the right way to put it <laughs> no I love it it's a very I really nice spin. Sort of, very yeah spin. yeah yeah maybe you can have a podcast in your ears just tapping away and just go for it yep yeah. calm I'm all about calm resettles if you can manage it I can't even manage that so I don't really know how I expect other people to <laughs> but try and stay calm <laughs> exactly it won't last forever um this yeah. next question comes from monique she says hi there i'd love some advice on stopping the nighttime nappies with my three and a half year old girl she's been out of nappies in the daytime for almost six months and yep. doing great for the past two months her nighttime nappies have been mostly dry in the mornings so i think it's time to get rid of them altogether but where do mm -hmm. i start do we just go cold turkey i think you've mentioned that and switch to undies straight away is there a good nighttime routine we should use to try to minimize any accidents? Yep. So again, just go for it. You'll have accidents. Um, be prepared for that. So we did this again with my older child just recently. We got rid of night nappies and um, I did it on a week when I knew that he was probably going to be up and down and a bit wet and stuff like that. So you don't do it when you know you're not you're not going to be sort of okay to get up and change bedding and things like that. Um, we also set up... Um, layers in the bed so I did waterproof sheet waterproof sheet so that if he did have an accident in the night um, it was just quickly take one layer off rather than grabbing sheets out of cupboards in the middle of the night um, and when he knew that he had the layers he felt a lot more secure as well like he helped me make the bed and he was like oh this is great you know I'm feeling really confident with this so that was really good um, so that'll help with the accidents and then in terms of the bedtime routine I limited um, their his water intake so he's the kind of kid that won't 
be interested in his water all day and then he'll scull at dinner and then scull another bottle of water before bed. Um, so I just completely... Helpful. To, yeah, which was probably why he stayed in pull-ups for so long. Um, so I just limited that. I just kept saying, oh, you know, you got to have your water now because water is the weed that comes out in the night and we don't want it to come out at night time. So just encouraged um, a little drink of water at bedtime. And then I did a really strict wee after dinner. So he'd go and do a big wee and then another one right before bed at about 6.37. Um, just so a week ago into the night being like, right, I know his blood is empty. hundred percent. It's empty. Um, and then I did a couple of nights of a dream wee. So that's um, about 10 o'clock when I was going to bed. Um, I just crept in and, and just sort of roused him and said, come on, we're just going to go and do a wee. You know, mummy's doing a wee as well. And we all just went and did a wee um, and popped him back in. And he's, he was dry until morning. Um, and just making sure as well, when when I would hear him stir, I like my kids to sleep closer to seven, but I hear them stir at about 6.30. So on those mornings, I got straight up with him and took him to the toilet because I didn't go. I think most accidents tend to happen around that like five, six, seven, when they're just coming into that sort of light sleep phase. So I just made sure I was on the ball and got right in there in the morning. And once that he got the confidence of, wow, I've got a dry bed in the morning, he actually was really excited and he's now getting up on his own and taking himself to the toilet in the night. And I still hear him and he clunks around and things, but he's, you know, the point is he's very excited about the whole process and we haven't really had any accidents. So yeah. And he's, he's he would be really, yeah. be really proud of himself. Yeah. It, yeah. So it was just kind of putting this spin on it and getting them, you know, into the whole process of limiting the fluids and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, just pop the undies on and go for it. Yeah, and I love the idea of the multiple layers. Like just oh, really is that the best worry about it's the it. best mum hack I've ever heard. I said to my husband, I was explaining, right, we're gonna do this, and he was like, That is the coolest idea. I was like, I know, got that on Facebook. Funny what <laughs> you get really excited cool. about as a matter of if it oh. lets you sleep more. It's a good we thing. were thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a question from Christy Lee on Facebook Live. She says, hi there. My three-month-old boy seems to sleep a lot. He will wake, have a feed, then have a short play, but after an hour he gets tired and needs to go back to sleep. Is this normal for a three-month-old? Three-month-old, yeah. So they're just coming out of that sort of newborn phase there where there's um, there's a lot of sort of melatonin that's now dropped off when babies are born they have all their melatonin on board and you know that's why you see babies really sleepy like little newborns can barely stay awake really um and what we see around the three month mark is the melatonin is kind of dropped off they're a little bit more awake but some bubs don't get there as quickly so what's probably happening is your baby's still really tired basically from just coming out of that newborn phase. So the best thing to do if you're wanting to stretch awake windows is just to do it really gradually. So if he's normally awake for say an hour at a time before he gets like quite quite ratty and needs to go back to sleep, um, add 10 minutes for a couple of days and then add 10 minutes in the next couple of days. And it's it's like any, any kind of nap transition for older babies, um, toddlers, it, it is always a bit of a crappy few days when you're pushing awake windows because they're tired um, and the last few minutes you will have a grumpy bub that you're just trying to keep awake, that little bit extra with some cuddles and, you know, showing them the trees outside. But it's just a gradual thing, 10 minutes here and there. And then if you kind of persevere and really stick with it, babies very quickly turn the corner with how they manage awake windows as well. So... Um, you know, once you've kind of flown through it for a few days, you'll be like, oh, that was a thing of the past. Remember when you couldn't even stay awake for, you know, an hour? So he'll get there, but it's perseverance and practice. 
This email comes, or question I should say, comes from Karen. She says, my 10-month-old baby seems to be self-weaning off breastfeeding. For the past few weeks, she's been taking less and less at each feed and basically just using my nipple to play with, even for the bedtime feed. I'm starting to worry she's not getting enough fluids and nutrients from the little sip she takes. But since it's not recommended to give her cow's milk until 12 months, should I switch to formula for a while first? And how much water is okay at this age? She's eating really well with solids, purees and finger foods and sleeping well too. Mostly sleeping from 7.30pm till 6.30am with only occasional wakes for comfort through the night. So the question... Oh, that's amazing. That, that's the sound of that night. I know it is amazing. So she's worried about <laughs> the um, yeah. She's sleeping. Don't worry about the food. No, I'm 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 not being serious. Um, <laughs> so she's worried she's not getting enough fluids. She's ten months old. She's on solids. Um, should she switch to formula for the last two months before she can go to cow's milk at twelve months? Well, I mean, this is a it's a very personal choice. If Bub is putting on weight, um, has wet and dirty nappies, is otherwise thriving, then I, my sort of stance on milk is that we just have to give them credit that they do know what they want. These babies are born to survive. Um, we can offer and offer and offer, but that Bub's not going to starve herself in terms of fluid intake and things. Like she will drink if she's thirsty. Um, so I don't, I, I think, so I think if you switch to formula, it would be absolutely fine. There's awesome but I think you'd probably find that she wouldn't be wanting much of that either there's not really a difference between the breastfeeding and, and bottle preference or anything like that I'd say it's more just to do with the fact that she's not needing as much and the other thing people kind of get a bit worried around this time and, and it looks like self-weaning but it's actually just that babies their little jaws and things they're so efficient at draining a boob very quickly at this age so we kind of go from these like longer sleepy dreamy feeds where they nuzzle in and they drain both sides and it's this half an hour process to all of a sudden it's like five minutes and she might actually be getting the same amount of milk and this is the thing with breastfeeding we don't actually know how much they're getting but um you might be surprised she might be tanking up done she's quick um and she just doesn't want to have any more and I think yeah as I said I, you could definitely try a bottle um but I'd be more sort of inclined to think that you're going to have the same issue with with that it doesn't matter what source the milk is if she doesn't want milk she doesn't want milk um you could also try just reduce her quantity of solids slightly assuming there's no weight concerns from doctors or anything um you could just try just ease back a little bit so maybe offer um two-thirds of what you would normally offer maybe cut, cut back on um snacks as well and offer a boob instead um some people t like we get really excited with solids especially when we have these good eaters and they're on you know three meals a day and two big snacks um like a toddler when we kind of just have to pull it back a little bit and say let's do um you know instead of morning tea and afternoon tea let's do a boob yeah basically um, and yeah. what about water how much water is okay at 10 months? Um, again, I let babies lead this one. This is, you, you will know right away if your baby's dehydrated um, and you always keep an eye on the wet nappies, dry mouth, all that sort of stuff, sluggish. Um, I just tend to give them credit. I always have a water bottle on hand. Um, let them help themselves. If they, they'll go through phases where they will just skull water all day and then they'll go through phases where you're like like I'm struggling to get even this bottle of water and adults do that too so 
I think be led by the baby in terms of that. And if you if you are concerned, if you're going days and she's, you know, barely drinking any water, um, then just check in with your doctor and make sure that she's not dehydrated, obviously. Um, but again, I'm thinking because she's not loving water, she probably is getting a lot more breast milk than we're kind of um than we're kind of realizing. Because that's yeah. fluids. That's yeah. some breastfed babies won't have any water. They just have breast milk and that's fine. Okay, and we've probably got time for one last question. This is from Narissa. She says, hi, ladies. My newborn is one month old and I feel completely lost with sleep and awake times through the day. I have no idea how often she should be awake during the day and how long sleeps and awake times should last. She's currently breastfeeding around two to three times hourly, then sleeps with some small awake times in between. Often, if she has an awake time after a feed, she doesn't go to sleep and will want to eat again one and a half hours later. It's kind of all over the shop, and I'm not sure what's normal. I know she doesn't need a routine right now, but I feel a bit lost. Do you have a simple outline for babies this age? And that's Nerissa with a one-month-old. Yep. Um, my advice for one-month-old is just do whatever you want to do in the moment. So you sound like you're doing an amazing job. She's having really good feeds throughout the day. She's having a little bit of a wait time. They are so unpredictable, these babies. Um, there's so much going on with them at this at this phase that it's, you know, they might eat hourly still, they might cluster feed, and then they might go six hours. And then the next day, for no reason, they're back to one hour. It's just a biologically very busy time for little babies. So don't stress too much. Obviously, as you said, we wouldn't do a routine. Um, but the little subtle things you can do of saying, I'm not doing a routine, but I'm going to um, not let her get too overtired. So I'm going to, you know, roughly sort of look at about an hour, an hour 15 awake time, including your feed. And then at about that sort of hour, hour 15 mark, I'm going to start to settle her each time at the end of that awake window. Like that's pretty much the subtlest, most appropriate thing you can do with a newborn is just look at awake windows. There's really, um, there's not a lot else you can do and you could get, you can start to get real pedantic about things and feeding times and, and awake windows. But at the end of the day, you're just going to burst your newborn bubble and that's not good. You've got your whole um, next year to deal with your routines and stuff. So <laughs> don't, don't look into it. Enjoy it. Do contact naps, have cuddles. Um, if baby's crying, try feed. I, we don't want newborns crying out for things and trying to guess what it is but the book said we shouldn't be feeding here and my baby needs to be asleep at this time like just it, the, the, the biggest advice I'd give to mums of newborns is just to just to let it roll take baby's cues yeah 100% I definitely yeah. remember that with my first and mm. feeling like she needed to feed and she just wouldn't stop crying and my mum and my mother-in-law just kept saying it, it's just she doesn't need to feed she needs she's yeah. sleep something and, else and is I was, wrong yeah can you imagine that that poor child being rocked next to my breasts with me oh. and, and all it wanted was a feed and but, I just and for so many reasons it might want a drink it might want um comfort like there is so much going on with these little ones um yeah. who are we to say no 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 we know these yeah. little newborns are the most intelligent creatures like we have to just say oh, okay well Looks like it wants a feed. It might want a feed. <laughs> yeah, see how it yeah. goes. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Hannah, it has been an absolute delight having you. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. On. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. And for those of you out there who didn't get to ask your question, Hannah is one of our experts at the parent school. So there'll be links in the notes of this podcast, as well as if you've been watching us online, we'll put the notes below. You can actually book a one-on-one -on -one session with Hannah if you'd like to. Um, she mentioned earlier in this piece that... Um, 
you need to find the person who's right for you and you're right for your family and your parenting style. And you can do that with the parent school. You can find someone lovely like Hannah to help you out. So oh, thank Hannah, you. thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks again. Hope you're back soon. No worries. We'll see you soon and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.